How powerful is your faith? Have you ever thought about it? How powerful is faith and how powerful is your faith? Every single believer has it. Every one of you has faith. But few really know how to use their faith. And your Bible teaches us that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That means that nobody can walk out and say, well, I just don't have as much faith as them. It doesn't matter how much they got. As long as you got faith, that's faith enough for you. It's a measure that's been dealt to you, and God will honor and bless that faith in your life if you'll use it, understand what it's actually there for. But every single person has it. Do you remember the, the Syrophoenician woman that I brought up about, oh, four weeks, three, four weeks ago? She's better known as the woman of Canaan. And... Um, how the Bible says her daughter was severely demon-possessed. If demon-possessed wasn't bad enough, she was on the severe level of demon possession, which obviously caused havoc in that home, caused fear in that home, caused violence in that home, and a lot of other problems. There's no rest, no peace there. And this woman was on her last nerve. I mean, she was, she was at a place of absolute, complete desperation. And I taught the message called Desperados. To be so desperate that you get reckless. You don't even care about your place in society anymore. You don't care about the color of your skin. You don't care what anybody thinks about you no more. You just need your answer from God. Do I got some desperados in the house today? Come on. And, um, and so um, she was so desperate. Now here she is. She is, um, she is a Gentile. She's not a Jew. She's going to a Jewish prophet, a Jewish healer, if you will, and she's going there because she knows that this Jesus has the answer that she's seeking for in her life, in her home, and with her daughter. She needs a miracle. She don't care that she's not fitting in with the crowd. She doesn't care that she's looked at as a second-rate citizen. She doesn't care that everybody else thinks she's on the wrong side of the tracks. She needs a miracle. She knows where to get that miracle. And it's in Jesus. If I could just get Jesus, if I could just convince him, if I could just get to him, I know he'll give me what I need. So she goes and the disciples try to shoo her away. And she's crying out, son of David, have mercy. Son of David, help. He turns to her and he looks at her, but he doesn't say a word. He basically ignores her. And she needs help. And she keeps, she keeps following the master. Keeps screaming, I need your help. I need your help. He ignores her. Then next thing you know, he rebukes her. He says, look, it's not good that, um, that, that uh, we give the, the, the bread that belonged to the children to the little dogs. So now he rebukes her and insults her and calls her a little dog. And she says, but Lord, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, I may not look like nothing, but I know I can get some. If you could just give me I, if I could just get something. And he said, I, woman, I have not seen such great faith. What is it you want? My daughter severely demon-possessed. He said, she is healed this very hour. This woman, who was not a Christian, of course, this woman who was not even a Jew, he said, woman, go away. I come for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm not even after you. 
And she kept pressing anyways. She had so much faith, y'all got to catch this, that she literally reached beyond the cross. Jesus haven't even went to the cross yet. Reached beyond the cross into another day where she would be born again or have the potential of being saved with a new covenant and got her healing and brought it back for her child. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Your faith can move you in a dimension that you've never seen before. Even if you don't deserve it. I'm preaching now, praise God. We got some desperados in the house. So desperate. Church, faith gets desperate. Hear what I'm saying. Faith won't be denied. Faith has no backup plan. Faith is relentless. Faith is fierce. Faith fights when you have no strength to go on. Faith won't let go of the promise even when your mind screams. And says it will never come to pass. Faith overcomes all fear. Touch your neighbor and say, have you tried your faith today? Come on, just ask him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith. Now faith. Faith now. Now faith. Faith now. Faith now. Now faith. When's faith? Do we have to wait for it? Do we have to muster it up? I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like. You ain't got a goosebump. You got a goosebump. You felt him, didn't feel him. If you got faith in God, he'll come through for you. It's now. Now faith is the substance, which means it's the assurance. Faith is my assurance. When I got it in here, it's my, it's my assurance. It means it's my confirmation. I don't need to consult with you no more. I know. Preacher, you're a pretty good preacher, but I don't even need you to preach me into it. I know. Faith is the title deed. It's what that means. It means God says, you've got it. Nobody can tell. You have the legal right. You are the legal owner. Of what? It's Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, you can't prove it out here yet, but you got a hope on the inside. Hope is your goal setter. You're setting goals inside. It's your blueprint. It's your outlook. It's, the, it's what you see on the inside. And what you see on the inside is greater than what you see on the outside. And faith is that, that assurance that what I've got inside is real. It's talking about this. It's a, faith is the evidence. It's the evidence. It's the evidence of things not seen. The proof of things we don't see. The conviction or the conviction of the reality or the convi I'm convinced that it's real. Are you convinced that you're healing? Are you convinced that God can touch your body? Are you convinced that God can turn around your financial Are you convinced that God can get, promote you? Are you convinced? Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the natural senses. Doctor's report says you got six months to live. Faith says by his stripes, I am healed. Woo. Bank says, the bank says, we got to repo your car. Faith says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Neighbor says, we're going to sue you for damages. Faith says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies at peace with him. Are you ready for that kind of faith? Is there any faith in the room today? 
I'm talking about the midnight hour where God comes in and turns everything around. Now, if I take off running, because I just might, I might run out of breath. I'll just tag you. Come on, somebody. And you can take off the rest of the way. Excuse me that I'm a little Pentecostal this morning. Excuse me that I like to get excited. Excuse me that I've been to the other side of this thing. And I know every one of us have already got our victory. Everybody scream breakthrough. Take that, devil. You just made the devil very nervous. <laughs> Make the statement. Everything you need has already been provided. Everything you need has already been provided. Faith reaches beyond the natural into the dimension of the spirit where God has already provided. And everything you need before you needed it, God knew it and made provision for it and made provision for you. I said he's Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He's the God who knows the end from the beginning or starts our life from the end to the beginning before you got to your proverbial problem. God already saw it, knew this day would come, and already developed your solution out. Calm down, Pruitt. Calm down. No! That's our problem. We're too calm. Abraham, the father of faith. Why? Why is he the father? God gives him a promise in Isaac. He's got to wait for 17 years to get him. Finally gets him. Calls him Isaac, which means my little laughter. Because it was a big joke, you know, that these old people would have a son in their old age, but brought him so much joy. And he raised his son. And they went many times, many a time, went to the mountain to sacrifice before the Lord. But this time was different. God said to Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son. Does that sound like a familiar passage to you? God took his only son. Somebody say amen. And take him on Mount Moriah, and there you will sacrifice him to me. And we don't see any argument at all from Abraham. We see no backlash. We see no intercession. We see nothing. All we see is obedience from God. Now, how in the world can this guy obey God when his only son's about to be sacrificed? Blood that he's going to have to spill with his own hands. How? How could he be so peaceful? Because he knew God. And if God ever gives you a promise... No matter what it looks like, come on, somebody. If God has got to raise him from the dead, that promise is still going to come to pass. And every step they took up that mountain, come on, y'all. Every step they took up that mountain, and Isaac said, where's the sacrifice? He said, the Lord shall provide. He never said it was going to be you. He didn't say it was going to be him at all. He just said every time he mentioned it, the Lord shall provide. He said, Father, we got everything. We got the fire. We got the implements. We got the knife. We've got the, the sheath to bind the uh, sacrifice onto the altar. We've got the sticks for the fire. We've got the altar. We got everything. But where is the offering? Where is the sacrifice? He said, the Lord will provide. 
while he's burning his son on the altar, takes his knife out to plunge in his own son's chest. He knows beyond any shadow of doubt that God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. I don't care what it looks like. And at the very moment he was to plunge that knife into his chest, the angel Lord says, stop. God has seen your faith. Look over yonder. Look over yonder. Oh, some of you need to look over yonder. You're looking at your problem, but God's got victory just around the corner. Woo! Come on, somebody. Victory, victory, victory. I see a ram caught with his horns in the thicket. You shall not kill the promise. You shall not take Isaac's life, but that will be your sacrifice. He said, today you are known to me as Jehovah Jireh. Your provision shall be revealed. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We just got to have our eyes opened. We got to have the eyes of the Spirit. We got to have the eyes of faith. Woo! Sometimes you say things in faith that your mind don't even believe. Can I talk about that for a second? I said sometimes you'll say something in faith that your mind goes, huh? I never forget years ago, years ago, sitting with the banker, we had a financial dilemma, and um, we were twenty thousand dollars short. You know that's a lot of money, and uh, we didn't have it. And so I sat with my associate. We're talking some ideas, some creative ways we can make this thing work until we're able to get the money together. All this, and uh, so we asked to meet with the banker. Banker said, "Yeah, I want to meet with you anyway." So we, we sat here. We met in my office. And so we're telling the situation, the whole thing, you know, laying it all out there. My mind is going through ABC123, trying to figure out from a, a businessman standpoint how we can make this happen in the natural. And um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't pray a lot about it. To my shame, I didn't pray a lot about this. I was going to meet, because I figured we got the answer. Here's what we're going to do. Well, the banker said, well, listen, I have the authority to tell you this. He said, but uh, he said, we're not going to be able to do that. He said, we need the money by the end of the month. Otherwise, we're going to have a, a problem here because things will default and it's not going to be good for you and your relationship with the bank and blah, 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 blah. You just need to get the money. And so he played a little hardball. So my associate begins to talk to him. While he's talking, I'm praying in the spirit under my breath because I realize now, uh-oh, my little game plan ain't working here. Don't look at me like that, y'all. You've been in the same place. I was for sure I had a, I had a winner. And it was just falling apart before my eyes. I could get a little show on He's he's talking. I'm praying to I'm praying. All of a sudden, I never heard God. See, I got so much I want to tell you. I never heard him. Faith 
will sometimes jump on you. And it takes over. And when you recognize it, you just let it happen. Your mind will go, oh, but your spirit and your body goes, go, 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 go. And he's, my associate's talking. I cut my associate. I grabbed his arm. I stopped him midstream. I said, hold on. I said, sir, I gave his name. I pointed my finger, not in a mean way, but just I had to talk to his direction. I said, such and such name. I said, you'll have, your mon- you'll have your money on Monday. Monday morning, you'll have your money. He looked at me like, well, that was easy. Why did we have to waste a half hour talking about this in the first place? If we're going to have the money. I said, don't worry. My, my associate, he looked at me like, oh, my God, what just happened here? What, what was going on? I had faith on the inside of me. And I said it so boldly and so authoritatively. I knew that I knew that I knew. But my mind was going, idiot, stupid, dummy. What are you, where are you going to get the money? Oh, again, you've never been there before in your life. Am I talking to at least two people today? Come on. We had two miracles. An $8,000 check came in that week. We had four days to get it in. And on Sunday, a $12,000 check came in, and we had all $20,000 that walked into our world. He knows before you got to the problem what you needed, but does he find faith in you? Can you believe him? That's what God was talking about with Jeremiah. He said, I'm calling you, man, and I got anointing upon you, and don't you dare look at their faces. Don't you let fear come up in you. Don't you look at their faces one time and say, oh, they look at me crossways. They don't like me. I don't care if they don't like you or not. I called you, and let me tell you how I called you. I called you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nation to speak on my behalf. What is that saying? Before you got here, I already provided Here's the deal. As a believer, when you're faced with a situation that's too big for you to solve, you're going to have to learn to operate by faith. And it may make your mind uncomfortable. It may make your associate uncomfortable. It may make the people in your life uncomfortable. But you know you got something. You're working on something that's far more. It's agreeable of your spirit, and that's far more valuable than what's agreeable outside of you. Amen. Amen. And when you operate by faith, let me, tell you the, let me tell you real quick what happens to you. Your peace will return to you. Some of you are so frazzled and taking anxiety meds and all kinds of stuff because you have no peace in your world, no peace in your life. It take, let me tell you something else. A faithless life is a, a joyless life. You'll have no joy. And you need joy because the joy of the Lord is your Strength. you got to have strength to fight. You can't fight all down and depressed and discouraged. You'll run and hide, man, when battle comes. But when battle comes and you spend time with God and you got faith working for you and you know this God will fight for you and you know it doesn't matter what it looks like, he will keep true to his promise. Let me tell you how you go to bed at night. This is how you hit the pillow. Out. You ain't worried. You're not freaked out. You know God's got you, and while you sleep, he's already turning events in your favor. I learned this the hard way, y'all. He'll do it. As believers, we have to learn to not allow ourselves to get overwhelmed by 
circumstances, even surprising circumstances. And, and that's how the devil always gets you. He'll get you on the surprise. He'll get you on the sneak. He'll get you on the sneak attack. And that's how Jesus operated his life, his life on his ministry uh, in life uh, on earth. You see, he wasn't, you know, he was God, all God, but you have to remember what your Bible says. You have to understand it's by faith. You got to see it by revelation. All God, but he stripped himself of his own divine privileges and he walked as a man to be tempted in all points like unto man, yet he never sinned. But he walked as a man. Matter of fact, most of the time he referred to himself as the son of man. Very rarely was it the son of God. It was always the son of man. So he had to walk every day. You say, well, Jesus, yeah, Jesus always got the victory because he's Jesus, y'all. He's just Jesus. That's why he, he's God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes and no. He's all man too. And he couldn't walk as supreme Godhead. He had to walk as a man so that he could be our example to walk by faith and by the Spirit and not by sight. But look, if Jesus didn't do that, then why in the world would he wake? If he was going to be all God and no man at all, why would he get up in the morning and pray so early in the morning? He had to get before God, the Father. He had to hear what the Spirit was saying. He had to walk it out by faith every single day of his life. And that gives us the example that if he can do it, so can we. But surprise attacks can bring your morale down when you're not operating on this kind of next level faith. And that's why we have the story where Jesus goes with the disciples and says, let's go to the other side. And, and they're in the midst of the sea and then a storm, a squall, a great tempest uh, broke out and, and it threatened the lives of everybody on the boat and the boat began to break apart. And I mean, it's, it's sinking. I mean, there was waves crashing. It was scary and there was no hope of salvation. And so what did the disciples do? They went and found Jesus. Where was Jesus at? He was sleeping. Walking just like a man, like you and I, asleep on a pillow inside the, inside the boat. Why? Because his father told him to go to the other side. And if he's going to the other side, he wasn't going to die in the storm. They wake him up. Don't you care that we perish? They're bailing. They're screaming. They're freaking out. And he got up and rebukes the winds and the waves calm. He said, peace be still. And the Bible says they looked and said, what manner of man is this? And he looks at them and says, oh, you of little faith. I'm showing you that if I can rebuke this, so can you. If I can say to that wave, the wind to stop, it's got to obey me. And if it's got to obey me, it's got to obey you. Where is your This church is about to go to the next level. But we can't go to the next level in the same faith. We're going to have to shed those old wineskins and get the new wineskins so the new wine can be poured in. It's going to take our faith. God created a world, his kingdom, that you cannot see. A world of influence, a world of opportunity, a world of favor, a world of blessing, a world of wholeness, a world of prosperity. And though you cannot see it with your natural eyes, it exists in the spirit and the only way to access it is with your faith. That's why the Bible says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are what? Huh? Why would God put a verse in there that's impossible? He doesn't put a verse in there that's impossible. It's just that you're still looking at this in your natural mind. 
we don't look at things we see. He said, don't look at that, but look at things that are not seen. He's talking about the eyes of the spirit. When you pray, well, God will give you images, snapshots, pictures, and they're always, almost always, they're almost always of you succeeding or being victorious or coming through to the other side or a warning of what to do and what not to do. It's all for your success. And he says, that's what I want you to focus on. He said, while we don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen, the things that people look at the most, those things are what? Temporary, which means what? Subject to change. Woo! But the things which are, uh, that, that we don't see, we look at, he said, those things are what? Eternal, everlasting, from beginning to end. They'll be there forever. So in other words, what matters most? The things that people can't see, but I can. He's training us to start to walk in the Spirit, to start to walk in a way that we never have before, possibly have never had before. I used to think, church, that, and I preached this, I used to think that faith only came by the Word. And in essence, that's not wrong. It's just not complete. But the more I spend time with him, I find that the word of God and the spirit of God must mix together for true faith to be ignited and to be sustained. If I'm all word and no spirit, I become legalistic. When I'm all spirit, no word, I become a spooky pooky. Come on, so say amen. Almost no earthly good whatsoever. But when I mix the word of God, which is the confirmation of what the spirit is telling me in my private time with him, now I've got something ignited that will not, I can't let go. It's impossible because I've already been there. I've already seen the truth of it. I already know it. So the word and the spirit must mingle. Matter of fact, the word says this in John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Watch this. The words that I speak to you are what? Spirit. Words from the Lord are spirit, and they are life. So I can't just spend all my time reading the word, which is great, but I got to mingle that with my time I spend alone with the Almighty. Spending time in the spirit brings me another level of confidence I didn't even know could exist. Where I'm no longer looking at life a certain way to bring me certain results. Now my biggest result is, Lord, are we okay? Lord, have I fulfilled what you've asked me to do? Lord, am I being obedient to you? Lord, uh, 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 what are your needs today? I want to fulfill what you want in my life more than the things I want to fulfill for myself in my own life. So I'm not going to measure my life the same way I used to measure it with the success of what I want to see. But I'm beginning to measure my life based on what God wants to see in my life. And my relationship, I'm finding out, is the number one thing I've got to have intact, even for the word to operate correctly in my life.
Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So the word literally thrusts me into the spirit to create things that are not seen so that they can be created so people can see them. If you pray for a spouse and you got married, you created that. In other words, you believed God for a specific person to walk into your life and it came, that person came into your life. By the way, everything you see on planet earth came out of the earth. Let that sink in for just a second. Everything. Everything. That chair you're sitting on came out of the earth. These steel beams came out of the earth. That carpet you're standing on came out of the earth. That little device, that little computer that gets all your attention these days, called your telephone, amen, has got more power in it than, this, I think, the first uh, mission to, to uh, the moon, the Apollo 13 had in its own, its own uh, rocket. It's got more power in that little phone than that had back in 1969. That little thing right there came out of the ground. Wi-Fi came out of the ground. That thing you call an airplane came out of the ground. Everything came out of something you couldn't see. Everything. So when I say God has already provided for you, it's another level now. It's another level. I came out of the ground. Come on, somebody. You came out of the ground. So everything I need is in the ground. And when it comes time for it, it's going to come up out of the ground. If it's technology I don't have right now, it will come to me. I'm preaching pretty good, ain't I? All right. So church, we are not restricted to the resources we see or man's limited abilities. I don't care what it is, from your health to your finances. We're going we're gonna to start an online church, y'all. We're going to have our own campus. Once I have so many people so excited, and I know you are too. We're so excited about it. And everybody's like, yeah, we're an online campus. Whoa. I get the commercial, oh, yeah. And we need to raise $10,000. Whoa. $10,000. Nothing. 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 Easy peasy. No problem whatsoever. You don't want to get involved, God will raise up somebody else. That's where my faith is. But I believe you are. So when I say to you, God, there's no restriction and limitation, that means come September 16th, it's time to get the offering. I want you praying about that offering. What is it you're supposed to give? Guys, I don't want to just pay that. I, I, want, I want to say, let's raise $25,000 so we can get our children's ministry growing, so we can get some things that we really need around here. we got a parking lot, and the next year we're going to have to put in, that's going to be about $50,000. Where's that going to come from? Someone said, in the ground. Thanks. Smart Alec. I heard it. I heard you. Probably right. But God's going to use us. So, but, but if you think lack, if you think not enough, you'll never give. You'll never be involved in that kind of stuff. And you want to. You really want to. I believe you're going to do it. God's going to help you. Look, there's an economy in heaven that is driven by the market of earth's needs. That, that, that economy is abundant, y'all. And, and it's ready to be established on earth. It's busting at the seams. But the currency of the kingdom of God 
is not more currency. It's not exchange of money. It's your faith. It's can you believe that you're going to have everything met. Look, listen to this. I don't know where to even go from here. i got so much I want to share. But look at this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Y'all pulling out of me today. I needed this. You all needed it too. Philippians 4, 19 says, and my God shall supply. Now, either you're going to believe that or just take your fingers and rip that right out of the page out of your Bible and throw it away. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Well, I, I went through a lot. I don't care what you went through. What, what, what about right now, today? Now faith is today. Now. Right now. Can you believe? My God shall supply. You know what the word supply means? It means fill to the full all the way to the top. What does he say he's going to supply? All my needs. Which means this. Needs translates this. Necessity of duties. Business endeavors. And distribution of finances. Did you know that? Look up your Bible sometimes. You'll figure it out. It's right there in the scriptures. So when we read it, we read it this way. My God shall fill to the full all the way to the top that which has been lacking in my business endeavors, that which has been lacking in my necessity of duties, and that which has been lacking in my money. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all should have went ape. Y'all should have went nuts right there. Not, not, not according to my bank account. Come on, y'all. But the Bible says, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And the word glory, I'm all, by the way, glo- I'm preaching on glory this Thursday. Get here, get here, get here. Bring people with you that are sick or depressed or got devils. Get them here. They're going to get set free. God spoke to me in prayer. He said, son, I'm bringing my presence upon my people to condition them for my glory. He's, he's getting us ready. We're not there yet, but that's okay. Because, look, I've, I've been here where God showed up so strong, guys. This has been happening recently. The encounter so strong with God that I'm afraid he's going to walk in the place. And y'all say, oh, that'd be so cool. I, I don't want him. I, I'm not ready. I don't want him. Do y'all want to walk in? I do not. Not yet. I got too much to work on in me yet, praise God. And I'm never going to get done. But I guess he's going to do what he wants to do. So he wants to show up. He's going to show up no matter what I think about it or not. But I tell him, please don't show up. Please. I, I'm good right here in your, I'm good. I'm good. That's how real he is to me, man. He's conditioning me. He's, 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 he's strengthening me. He's making me beefier. He's making me so I can, I can be more structured, so I can handle that glory he's ought to put on me and upon you. Because the glory is what we take to the world. The anointing is for the body of Christ. The glory is what we, you don't hear all about this, is what we take to the world. Okay. Well, he said, I'm going to have myself filled back up to the top. It has to do with my business, my necessity of duties, and my distribution of money. He said, according to his riches in glory. And the word glory here in the New Testament means to recognize something for what it really is. So there's a richness and the recognition of who Jesus is to the world and who Jesus is to me personally. 
it's so subtle that we miss it. It's so subtle that we're missing it. We have all these needs, don't we? We really do, from health to financial to whatever, relational, all these needs. He said he'll meet them in every area of our life according to the richness of recognizing who Jesus really is to me and to the world. How in the world can we recognize who he really is if we don't spend time with him? This whole thing is relational. I love his word. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word is above his very name. Never going to take me out of his word. Never, never, never. It's major confirmation. But if he took the Bible, if they took all the Bibles out of the world, does that mean I can't function in the kingdom anymore? I'm going to have to really learn to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Because we had hundreds of hundreds of years that people had no Bible, but they were able to walk with God. Now, please don't misunderstand. Don't go on here. The proof says no Bible. That's a lie. We better thank God for that Bible. It's the highest authority. I'm telling you, I don't know how to function without it. I confess it. I believe it. Everything that's in it, I believe when it says maps, it's true. If my Bible says bonded leather, I believe that's true too, praise God. Whatever it says, I believe. Not saying that. What I'm saying is, is I have to recognize and I have to have relationship with Jesus in order for every need in my life to truly be met because if I don't know who he is, the devil can trip me up and tell me something about him that is not true. He told me in this church to go after his wounded warriors for restoration and most of his wounded warriors think, they actually believe that God left them out there to die. They believe the lie and it's not true. <clears throat> I give him glory when I trust him fully. And if I trust him fully, I take him at his word. And if I take him at his word, my faith will explode beyond reason of my circumstances. And when my faith explodes, game over. Everything in my life begins to turn. Church, the problem is that we think that our economy is just from earth. And that's why people get so stuck on covetousness and we look at it and we, and we get jealous and we get greedy, and, and we want what they have. Don't want what they want. Want what he wants. Quit looking at Instagram accounts and go, oh, they look like they're having so much fun. They ain't having that much fun. They deal with the same stuff you're dealing with. Look at your own pictures. Taking a picture of you in a Lamborghini and even your car. I'm teasing. We all look great on Facebook. We all look great on Instagram. We all look like we're having the best time. I told us before, I've been, my wife and I took a nice little picture of us smiling and got in a big old fight brawl right afterwards about something. Can we tell the truth and shame the devil? Come on, somebody. Because we're just people like everybody else. We're just people like everybody dealing with stuff. I thought, well, we put that on Facebook. <laughs> Trying to bite each other. Anyways. Church, you and I are connected to that invisible, unlimited supply that others can't see, but we know exists. And that's why we need to walk in discernment every day. How? The word of God opens our eyes in the spirit. 
Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I, I want to continue on with so many things. I'm going to stop here. But suffice it to say is that don't let some Christian Y'all can read my mind. Talk you out of God's blessing in your life. I was having, I came to Jesus at 21 years of age, came back to the Lord 21 years of age. I started spending time, most of you know my story, and he would come to me. I didn't know I was having encounters with God. I didn't know that's what it was. I thought everybody was doing this. And I'd spend time, so I had a job, but in the morning I'd get up early and spend time with him, and at night I'd spend time with him, didn't I, baby? I spent more time with him. I think she got a little bit like, come on, you got a life here too. She always supported me. But I'd go down to my basement, and I'd look at a, I had a pole like that in the basement, and I said, Lord, I love you so much. I just want to hug you. And I said, that pole right there, I'm going to hug that pole. I'm going to pretend it's you. And I hugged that pole. I hugged that pole. I, I thought, I was a little ashamed of it a little bit later, but you know what? I'm not ashamed of it no more. I was doing my, I was just, I was trying my best, you know, with what I understood. And um, I was having bona fide, in, he was coming to me. And I'd write things down he was saying to me. And then I made the mistake of sharing it with somebody who had authority in my life. And they told me, Basically, you better calm down. You're gonna, that's spooky. That's not right. Stick with the word. You know, you need to be careful with that kind of stuff. And that's not totally scriptural. I'm going, I didn't know how to fight them. So I didn't say anything back. And I knew it wasn't quite right, but it got in me, man. It got in me. And it changed my course. And I've had encounters with him since. But this last three months, heavy duty. One after the other, after the other, after the other, and it doesn't, I'll be here tonight, and I'll, he'll show up. I could almost cry. He'll show up. And, and, and I'm just saying to you is that I'm not going to tell my people, that's you all, that they shouldn't explore him in the spirit. If you get a little goofy, God will help straighten you out. So will I with his word. But I, I guarantee you, he was saying stuff to me back then that I didn't realize how strong it was until much later in life. I thought, oh, my God, you told me that was going to happen way back then. I was 21 years, didn't know nothing, but he was talking to me, the almighty God, the creator of heaven. And earth. So don't tell me you don't know how to pray. That's a cop-out, man. You don't want to give up your time. Can we just be real about it? But if you will, if you will give up your time, if you will, just say, yes, I'm going to do it. He'll come to you. They'll people will come and they'll try to talk you out of stuff. You know why they're talking you out of stuff? Because that's all they know how to talk. Lack, limitation, gloom, despair. How remember the old hee-haw song? Hee-haw? How many remember? I got to see this. Let me just see. How many hands remember hee-haw, the show, hee-haw? Look at this. Not too bad. Remember the song? Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. 
gloom, despair, agony on me. That's how people live their lives every day. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But that's all they think. And they'll talk you out of, when you get excited, they want to pull you back down to their level. And you know you're going to get your healing. Thursday night you're going to come and you're going to get your healing. I got some, I'm, going to share, I'm going to share some testimonies on Thursday, y'all. Get here. Woo. God's moving. And they say, well, you know, Uncle Joe, he died of the very thing, same thing you got. It's, uh, it's in the family. It's hereditary. Just make up your will and get prepared for it. It's coming. You're going to die, son. Wow. You believe that stuff? You're going to die, son. I'm not going to let no man talk me out of what God says I can do. Period. No man. Who's ready to see a sustained move of the Spirit in this church? Sustained. Me too. Me too. And it's happening, and it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm going to start talking about his glory, and I wouldn't be surprised if his glory showed up. I wouldn't be surprised. I have seen it once in my life. I would love to see that again. Where his glory walked in, it was a most of the time you you would sense it by feeling or sensing like it's a, it means waiting, so it's on you. But sometimes it'll manifest in a meeting, and you read about it in the old revivals. But I saw it one time in nineteen ninety something, middle ninety somewhere, during a worship service we were having, and the power of God was all over. I mean, you just feel the anointing, and I, I opened my eyes, and there was a mist, just a mist across all the people, and I had to. You know how you do. I took my little glass out. I'm adjusting my eyes. You know, because I'd cried a little bit. So I'm adjusting my eyes. We're, we're worshiping God. And I mean, I look again, and it's there. And I see it just slowly moving across the crowd, just slowly moving across the crowd. And every single, this is rare, every hand was up. Everybody was crying. Everybody was weeping. I don't think they saw what I saw. But he walked into the room and his train. His glory filled the temple. Could happen Thursday night. I don't know. It's going to happen. Don't know. But man, I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss anything God's doing right now, especially. And I'll share some testimonies with you. I want the usher.